This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. It is Thursday, January 18th, 2024, and we are 98 days away from the NFL Draft in Detroit, Michigan. Welcome into the Draft Show, presented by Miller Lite, here from the SWBC studios at the Star in Frisco. Nick Harris, Brian Broaddus, Aisha Morrison, Zach Wolchuk, Chris Beam in the back, I'm Kyle Yeomans. How's everybody doing today? Ready to roll, man. Ready yeah. to roll. A little yep. bit crazy today. We're a little bit early. Got pushed yeah. up an hour because Mike McCarthy comes on at 10 o'clock. And then uh, and then we'll be back at our normal time. Tuesdays and Thursdays from here on out is when you can hear the draft show. 11 a.m. Central Time is when we will stream live. So Yes, sir. Two more extra hours of sleep. Boom. Yeah, not not 9 a.m. for talk. Well, you have to get up for 10 a.m. for talking on Tuesdays. Yeah, it's just one day. I can do that. Yeah, you can make it work. Right. We can live. Okay. A little bit. Of, he's he's a you're a night owl. I'm a big sleep guy. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Well, don't get used to it because you got draft stuff to watch. You got film to watch. All right, let's talk about the fallout. Or I don't even know if fallout's the right word specifically. But no, just move on. Just reaction. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike McCarthy is staying as your head coach. Uh, Jerry Jones uh, put out a statement yesterday saying that he believes that the future is bright with Mike McCarthy as the head coach. He feels like he's close. And, Brian, I think it does affect the draft significantly because sure. of the relationship that he's had with the personnel department. No, and, and they do. And, you know, these you know, the personnel department's job is to do is to work with every coach and, and to work with especially the head coach. Mike McCarthy came from a program, you know, four years ago where in Green Bay, Ted Thompson and the scouts really did the job for him as far as picking players. So Mike's in a new uh, – and, and he's learning. He's learning that he's going to have a say. Uh, every head coach I've ever worked with here – uh, has had that opportunity. Whether you want it or not, you're going to have a say in personnel. So, you know, Mike, uh, coming back, there's your continuity there. The questions we had are about what's going on with the with the defensive side of the ball, though, and with Dan Quinn, with him doing interviews. And so if Dan were to come back, well, then there's your continuity. Scouts understand what they have to do. If there's a change there or somebody from the outside, that's going to be the difference for the scouting department. But everything else leading up to that, with McCarthy being, uh, being, uh, you know, continuing on his role as the head coach here, uh, I think it's going to be status quo. But they do need to figure out what the defensive coordinator situation is, and hopefully, if they have to get a new one, then it would be a guy that could mirror some of the things that they've done before scheme-wise. I mean, we, we've I've gone through scheme flips where you've gone 4-3 to 3-4. In this day and age, everybody's able to kind of play a little bit of mm-hmm. both. And Aisha, I know you study that stuff really, really strong. I'm here for decoration right now in regards to this conversation. Um, I I hope, can y'all hear me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, I sound funky. So, okay, I just wanted to make sure. Okay, so, but in regards to uh, Mike McCarthy, you know, coming back, I do think uh, it is easy to forget that this is the first year that this offensive scheme has been introduced. And um, there's, you know, some maybe some kinks and stuff they need to work out. I do want to see uh, how he attacks. I mean, we heard, we talked about it yesterday. It was like, we're going to run the ball. We're going to do that. Yeah, we sure did. Yeah. 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 Sure did. So I wonder, you know, maybe how they attack 
trying to perfect that run game and get it better. Um, but in regard to him returning, at, to me right now, I, just, I thought it was the better decision to make, you know, for your team to move forward. And hopefully, again, I hope they can pull some of the things that they did well this past year and find a foundation and there be, like, some real identity in this offense and some consistency that can travel. Yeah, as it pertains to the draft, uh, we talked about it yesterday, whether it's a first-year guy coming in or it's uh, McCarthy coming in or coming back, there's going to be pressure on this draft class, I think, regardless. They have to go out and prove that they're a little bit better than they were last year. I was actually, we were talking about how bad the, the 2023 draft class was yesterday. ESPN put out an article yesterday ranking all the draft classes. 31, Cowboys maybe? were 32. 32. Wow. Flat last, and yeah. it, was, <laughs> it, it, it was by a large margin. So um, I, there's going to have to be some sort of bounce back here in 2024. I think you have to go in. You got to get a solid first round guy. I think that's priority number one, just based on you know Mozzie Smith and and what happened last year. Um, but also, uh, you have to get, be able to find some guys in day two, day three, and be able to stack momentum in that, those areas as well. I mean, you, you got to bounce back in twenty twenty four, and I think that's a. I think there's pressure on McCarthy to do that. Pressure on this entire scouting staff. I feel confident that they'll do that, right? I mean, they, this is a team that usually they're up in the top 10 when we're looking at these lists every year yeah, in terms yeah. of getting production from your draft class. So, you know, every team's going to have a bad one. This team just has so much pressure because of how they team build. Everything's really through the draft, right? So, I mean, this year I, I think that a lot of their positions of need, it's good. It seems like it'll probably be in those middle rounds. The problem is they don't have a lot of middle round picks, I'm right? Because they traded. Yeah, yeah they, they traded to go get Cooks. They traded to go get Gilmore. They moved up. We talked about that yesterday with Eric Scott. So the comp picks, maybe that helps you out a little bit. That's what I was going to ask. Are there some comp picks that you maybe should get? You're going to get a sixth. Yeah, they're hopeful for for two sixes. Best case scenario would be a five Five and a a six. six. And they think that maybe Noah Brown is going to fall below Hmm. the line to get another one. So Because it would be for Connor McGovern and for Dalton Schultz. Those are your two comp picks. Well, I mean, this is certainly for another date. But then are you looking at maybe does this team try and trade back a little bit to acquire some? an extra third or a fourth at some point in this draft class? Because there's a lot of good meat there, when it, yeah. especially for linebacker and running back. I always feel like in a draft you can you can pull back it. You can get an extra third. Somebody will come up and want your spot, drop back. I mean, we've seen uh, there's ways to manipulate the draft in order to get some of those picks that you might need. Mm-hmm. And I, I talked about this a little bit on Talking Cowboys in our reaction show on Tuesday. I called in from, from Indiana, and, and Nick asked me the question, what do you feel like their plan moving forward is? And I said, I don't know. I don't know if they'll keep McCarthy. I don't know if they'll change head coaches. I don't know what they'll do with defensive coordinator. But despite what they end up making the decision for, I want to see a, a considerable plan. I want to see something moving forward Absolutely. because you can't just run this back. You can't just yeah. put the same roster out there with the same cornerstones and the same pieces and say, let's try this again in 2024. It's not going to work the same. It hasn't worked. So my, my question to you guys now is, with McCarthy being the first box checked, you have your head coach, you know where he's going to be, what would that plan be for you guys? Where would you start seeing the plan? Do you beef up the offensive line? Zach, you talked about getting bigger yeah. just in general. Yeah. Is that a considerable effort? Because now if you're not going to change the head coach, you got to make a change somewhere. I think it comes in roster building. Yeah, I think getting bigger is more specific for the defensive side of the football. But what did we hear Mike talk about this time last year? He wants to run the football. Yeah, that that that's he wants the identity of this team to be a run first team. Unfortunately, regardless, and if it was personnel, if it was scheme, they were not able to run the football. So I think that's what you're doing first. You're going to the drawing board and you're saying, okay. And this is also going to help your quarterback out who just had his best year. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's being optimistic right there. Dak Prescott just had his best season as an MVP. 
candidate, probably going to finish runner-up to Lamar Jackson, and they had no consistent running game. If you're able to do that, how much of a more of a, a consistent step and a better step can this offense take? So if I'm McCarthy, I'm getting with Mike Solari. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at kind of where we're at. We'll see with some of these guys that possibly, you know, Tyron, is, do you want to bring him back? Mm-hmm. Is he going to retire? Zach Martin has kind of flirted with that as well. Tyler Biotish, we got to look at that. Yeah. Do we want to bring him back? Do we want to draft a center? I think center probably is the one position that you can go ahead and, and change. And yeah, I, I saw a good one last night that Jackson Power uh, Johnson from yep. Oregon. Holy jeez! Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's and we talk about Barton from from Duke yes. as well. But man, I I know one thing that Powers Johnson when you watched him play. There was, you know, and Oregon throws the ball, but you, you talk about his handle, his area, and then get to the second level and play. I, I, I do think in the running game, it's it's really, and, 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 you know, I feel bad for Pollard. They didn't particularly block well at center. They weren't particularly good at point of attack tight end. And this goes back to Schoonmaker. Maybe Schoonmaker gets better, you know, with the offseason and stuff like that and works on those things. But we had kind of, I know I thought that he would help in the running game, but they've got to do something thinking about the back. And, you know, and Skip Pete, even on the way out of here, told us that that Pollard as the featured guy is not the not the answer here, that you need kind of a complimentary piece to him. So I think if the areas you look at is the center, you look at the running back on two of those offensive positions for me is where I would where I would look. Y'all said it already. I I'm all about trying to figure out how to consistently run the ball and do it well in different ways um, and how that can open up the rest of your offense. I mean, quarterback is crazy good at play action. You didn't do it that much this year. I wonder why. Hmm. Uh, There's just things that you could hit hit easy buttons on and when you don't have the run game. And then also, too, you look at how defenses are playing you. They're playing you like that because they know you can't run the ball consistently. So I think it definitely could change some things. So I would look at, to your point, mm-hmm. Kyle, um, maybe they get with Solari. He and Mike McCarthy get together and we figure some things out there. And hopefully they can move forward from there. I mean, there's a couple of running backs in this draft. I'm sure we're going to talk about them yeah. as well. I think uh, I think they're going to be really aggressive this offseason. You thought they were aggressive last offseason. Now they have much more pressure. There's a lot of guys that are like, I okay, this right. is the one run. I, I think once free agency opens and once they feel like they can make some trades for some guys, there's going to be some things happen. There's a big-time running back that's going to be a free agent this upcoming offseason. Wouldn't be surprised if they go crazy on that, too. It's a big-time linebacker, too. And there's a couple of them. Yeah. yeah. Free agency, of course, that'll all hit before the draft. You've got to feel back and forth. But, man, you got to do something. And you can't just run it back. And now that you're keeping your head coach, we'll see what happens with the defensive coordinator or well, the offensive need, staff. Yeah, he, but he needs to be more willing to, to, to make moves as well. And, you know, when sure. you're in, if you're in that kind of that final year of your contract, you know, you really he's got nothing. Well, he could lose his job, but he could also lose his job if he doesn't fix the things that we're talking about mm-hmm. right now. So he needs to, you know, his approach needs to, okay, you're telling me we need to do bring this guy in. Let's do it. Let's bring this guy. You know, when Will McClay asks you, how can I help you? How can I help you? He doesn't need to say, hey, I love my team. Mm-hmm. I love my team. I, I, you know, when coaches say that, I'm like, I can't help you when you love your team. You know? But, I mean, if you, if you give me somebody, if, you, if there's a position or two I can go hunt for you right now, then maybe we could be ahead of these uh, some of the things that we might be up against. And we heard that quite a bit at the trade deadline from yeah. Yeah. everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we uh, like the team that, yeah. that's here. Yeah, no. well, yeah well, they, they, Mike McCarthy, press conference, you guys asked him the question. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, we like our guys. 
as a personal guy, I, I cry when I hear that. Mm. I really do. I cry. Did I'm going to ask the question, see if he answers it the right way, and I'm going to know Brian's in the big I, I, I'm the guy with my head on my desk or, you know, the Pablo Escobar guy sitting on the, the bench. Get this man know, a tissue. He's in the pool. Yeah, like, yeah. He's kind of, you know. I, or, oh, go for it. I had a question. Yes. Do you, do you think it is important, though, that going into next year that they figure out what – causes them to go the things that they do well when they get in some of these games yes i i that's one of the things that i think really has to be focused on is what are and again this is just what i've learned because i'm still early in this game but most coaches most teams ocs they have some foundational plays that are money that they know our money, that they can go to in, in times where things are kind of tight. I'm just looking at how we would see things one week and we wouldn't see things the next week or whatever the case may be. For me, I'm hoping that there's some consistency in the play calling. And we use the word identity and stuff, but I'm just looking for consistently knowing that these are things that you do well and that you can do them well across different fronts and in different places. And so I... I want to know. I really hope that that's something that shored up this offseason because yeah. I was confused. Uh, in that area, and it's also one that, that we would talk about a lot, is when you're injured, like with the offensive lineman going into the Arizona that. game mm-hmm. or the weather games, yeah. right? You're, you're kind of tweaking your game, playing a little bit. Mm-hmm. This team didn't go out and play as well. Mm-hmm. So you've got to somewhat and, – and look, that might be across the board in the NFL. Coaches are just naturally going to have different game plans based on, well, I don't quite – I'm not as strong with my personnel today or well, we're going into a rain or snow type of game. But I, I kind of like this team to feel so darn confident and cocky about what they're doing, how we're built, how we're going to go and just kick this team's ass that we're not changing anything for nobody. I don't care if we're playing Brock Hoffman and TJ Bass today. Mm -hmm. We're going to line up and we're going to play our game because this is who we are. And that's what I mean is like the sometimes that would come that's come up this season clearly to your point there's been offensive lineman injuries there's been injuries with the running backs there's been stuff that's come up how can you get to a place to where when those type of things happen it doesn't completely make you negate from who you are as an offense I think that's really important for them to establish that because guess what other teams know that homie they Mm -hmm. get your injury report too and they pick up on your tendencies too and they're like oh they got backup offensive linemen in. They're probably not going to take seven-step drops. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. I think there's a little bit of a, a self-reflection element Tracking in that. that. Yeah, that's, I guess that's what I'm trying to from say. A, from a coaching standpoint, a lot of times you don't feel like you changed your game yeah. plan. Like if you ask Mike McCarthy in the press conference today – why did you change your game plan? He'd probably say, like, what, what are you talking about changing our game plan? That was our game plan the whole time. The, yeah. the, the stubborn element of being a coach in the league and, and kind of the way that it happens. He's got to realize, okay, we got out of it a little bit. We backed out of it. We maybe backed off the way that we shouldn't have, both offensively and defensively. I mean, if I'm Mike McCarthy and I'm looking at Dan Quinn running zone on the headset all game long, I'm getting on the headset myself and saying, what are you doing? Go back to playing man. What did what worked for you all year long? you got to find maybe accountability within your staff and accountability within yourself first before you even make a change in terms of your game plan and backing off of it. It's a therapy session. It is. Yeah. A little bit. All right. We want to get to some names here real quickly before we get into Twitter on the 20. We were talking about offensive weapons, right? Mm -hmm. We were talking about running back, offensive line. Are there any guys? We didn't mention a a ton of wide receivers and tight ends yesterday, pass catchers. 
that you've you've watched so far that have caught your eye and somebody that you can maybe add to this team? I, I wouldn't say necessarily first or second, because I think there's other positions of need. But if there's a best player available, what what would it be? Is there anybody out there? Hmm. My gosh. I'm there, gonna let y'all go first. But there's a ton of good receivers. Aisha looks like she's ready to. I got one. Go for it. Who's your Who's your person? Listen. Okay, don't don't get don't don't make fun of me. If you take mine, we're gonna beef. I'm ready. We're to not. Make I'm not gonna take it because you mentioned tight end in the back. Yep. Pass when catchers. I looked at this player, I said he's a little bit of both in this Uh-oh. weird way. Jaheim Bell, oh. FSU. Yeah. Um, South Carolina uh, transfer. Uh huh. He's six three two thirty nine. When I I wrote down, I said this is a running back with like <laughs> optimal size. Well, he plays a running back. He's <laughs> a jack of all trades. And you know guy. what's insane is like is I'm gonna throw back. up when I say it, but when I saw him, I was like, dang, he would look good at San Fran because oh. he has that that versatility to yeah, him. Please but, don't say that. But and he'll block. It's the truth. It's the truth. But um. I was just looking at his burst. Uh, he has good vision because he has experience. Uh, he he's played multiple spots. He's played multiple spots. Uh, he, I mean, also too when he gets the balls in the the ball in his hands, he has um, he has good vision and he his speed is steady, but it's not top level. Uh, he has the yak ability, like I said. Now him being undersized might be a problem for people who consider him like he is supposed to be a tight end, but when you look at him. And he's using, like, when he's running the ball, he looks like a running back. He's he just does. big. Yeah. And so I guess one of the things you maybe worry about is maybe some of the blocking ability yeah. and stuff like that. But he's kind of that weird tweener type guy mm-hmm. that you could get some production from. And I just like his game. I like his game. And, and to your point, he's, like, not second, third round, you know, maybe late third round, maybe fourth if you decide to do that. I haven't done all the stacking and stuff, but he just stood out to me because I feel like you could do some tight end stuff with him, but you could also do some, like, running back, out the backfield type stuff with him as mm-hmm. well. So I was just interested by him. So it was my one of my guys I was interested in last I, night. I love the Jaheim Bell call. He was one of those guys I watched last year mm-hmm. then decided to go back to school. And, uh, I, I mean, I think that you described him perfectly there. Personally, I mean, he's a Swiss Army knife. The dude, you can yeah. line up all over the place, right? And you're right, because he did play some running back at South Carolina, and then I think that Florida State did a great job of getting the most out of it. If I'm looking at there's a lot of wide – it's interesting, the wide receiver we were talking last year, this is your kind of crusty <laughs> scouting class this year. you got big, tall, Dog. long wide I said, receivers. this is my, I said, yeah. Michael Mayer, is that you? Yeah. <laughs> Man, I mean, you, you go from uh, A.D. Mitchell, Troy Franklin, Brian Thomas Jr., yeah. LSU guy. These yeah. are big six foot four. I mean, even starting at the top with Marvin Harrison Jr., yeah. Keon Coleman. But I think the guy for me that I do think is interesting, that is a body profile that is different from what this team currently has, uh, Xavier Leggett, the wide receiver from yeah. South Carolina, 6'3", 227. Kind of has a similar build to like an A.J. Brown. When you watch him, you uh, won the Gamecocks Toughness Aware uh, Award in 2022. So he played at South Carolina. You know, he, he's a special teams guy, set a school record with about 30-yard average per kick return so he can impact the, the return game as well. He's powerful, big lower body, thick legs, strong, physical, breakaway speed to pull away from defenders. I think he can block on the edge. Really good after the catch. He's got long speed, uh, tremendous athletic ability. You can throw the ball to him on tunnel screens. He'll take it upfield. So, you know, I think his footwork could improve a little bit off the line of scrimmage to be able to win against some craftier corners. But he's an interesting player that's a little bit different from what you have in that current receiver room. Yeah, I'm going to go with a guy, and I was worried. You, you came very close to taking my guy. I was guy, close. But I'm staying at Florida. 
Florida State, I'm going with Johnny Wilson. Oh. Um, so this yeah. is this is an interesting Bell one. Bell sounds like a Nick Harris prototype. Johnny you're, Wilson. You're a big fan of Lipke. You're yeah, a big fan a of bit. a couple guys, like the gritty type. But I like that. So Johnny Wilson, uh, he's a guy that's going to be a person type type hybrid it depends on whatever team drafts him what they want to do with him what would you do six foot seven 237 pounds i would bring him in the building and work him at a lot of areas in training camp and figure it out that's what i would do six Um, foot seven six foot seven so they they line him up every time he plays yeah they line him up out wide and he he had 489 snaps lining up out wide this year only 50 lined up in line um so they they love to throw it up to him and man can he can he go up and grab it Uh, you have a jaheem bell that's a six foot three type tight end and they're comfortable with that i think that's speaks more to what Bell can do, actually. Mm-hmm. But you look Wilson does as well on the outside, being able to line up on either boundary and be able to do what he does. It's pretty impressive. He went to Calabasas High School there in North L.A. Um, so, you know, he comes from a little... But uh, anything uh, <laughs> anything you can look at when you see from Johnny Wilson, it's it's really impressive. I, he's If you're looking for a red zone guy, he is Mr. Red Zone guy in this draft. I'm 1,000% confident in that. Just throw it up to him. Receiver. Um, receiver. I mean, you, you line him up at receiver, figure him out at tight end. The thing that I I'm going to be looking at the most from him, though, is when the combine happens. I think yeah. he's going to shock some people at the combine. I nice. think he's going to lay down a sub four four five. Yeah, he's Ooh. fast. Yeah, he's he can roll. So if he if Six he lays foot down second, a, seven, he would look like Groot yeah. running a like long strider. Forty. Yeah. He's Giannis. a very long strider. <laughs> yeah. If he can lay down a time like that, he's going to sneak into the second round. I think. I think that would obviously hurt. Cowboys chances, uh, but I, I think right now this is a third round guy that I think you could possibly target if you were looking for you know that big body type receiver. You're not going to find a bigger body than this one. Can he block? See, there's not a lot of tape on that because yeah. he's he's more so on the boundary. But there are plays where they're running Trey Benson out to the to the wide set, and and he's he's out there doing his thing. So uh, we'll kind of see, man. I, he's going to be a fun project for whoever drafts him. I think again, it's a training camp type project, but one thing for certain you could throw it up to him inside the 20 and he's going to come down and grab it i like it i feel like i jinxed us listen if sam fran gets jaheim bell oh no please you can, stop, you can, stop you can like fight manifesting this. This. Just, let's not me. talk about that no nah, no nah. i wouldn't mind the, i'd love it if the cowboys were after jaheim bell they can do a lot with him yeah what do you think brian have you watched him no, I have not. Okay, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I did I did watch a guy. If you're going to trade back in this draft mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. first round, if you want to pick up a third-round pick, you know, maybe dance back a little bit. I'm going to give you an offensive tackle that I looked at last night, Jordan Morgan from Arizona. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason I say this is because I think Morgan could play guard, mm-hmm. but I think he could play tackle. If you want to keep – if something happens where you move on from Tyron Smith there – Jordan Morgan, to me, he's starting left tackle for the, the Wildcats. As a matter of fact, he wears number 77. And there's things that he does that reminds me of Tyron Smith. Mm. That's fair. He's 6'5", he's 325 pounds. And there is no wasted motion or movement in his game at all. I mean, this guy gets away from the line well. He strikes you right off the set. He carries his hands. He tends to carry him a little low. But then all of a sudden, man, they're there. Boom. And then the spot and, and stopping this guy. He's got some rare change of direction to his game. He never appears off balance or out of position. Uh, Swift, the lateral burst, the movement, great job of staying in position. This is one of those guys I kind of feel like, though, that if you you move back in the draft, and, and I, maybe some people will like him more than some others because I know there's some people that are projecting some of these other tackles, like uh, the, our guy from, uh, our guy from uh, Guyton. From Oklahoma, I've seen him kind of in some mock drafts being uh, Tyler Guyton from Oklahoma. 
TCU transfer. Yeah, give me. He was one of the most difficult kids to cover in high yeah, school. Yeah, give me. <laughs> yeah, give, God, me, give me Morgan over Guyton huh. all day, all day. And I know there are people that have, like I say, they've seen some mock drafts, but. Jordan Morgan is a guy that you're gonna you're you're gonna learn about him, and I, I hope that you see what I see in this kid. Jordan Morgan, he's a Senior Bowl guy. I'll be looking out for him. Yeah, Ooh. please yeah. do. Yeah. He may he may rise at the Senior I think, Bowl. I think he could be a riser. He is he is is I mean he is his technique sound perfect in the way he sets and you know it dude, the, I talk about Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith sets and he can still just yeah and maybe it's because the kid wears 77 it just, makes you it just kind of makes my eye look yeah. right the right way hey there. he played in the Pac-12 it's one last yeah. offensive tackle from the Pac-12 but I tell you what I love that center I love that center from Oregon by the way yeah if you're if that, but it's gonna Johnson. it's gonna be close it's gonna be close his name is Powers so yeah. I'm pretty okay it's with a little bit name. more context Johnson I mentioned it yesterday but he's played four of the five offensive of line positions yeah. up front for Oregon in the last two seasons. Go back to the 2021 Alamo Bowl. They had a lot of defensive linemen that had entered the portal or had mm-hmm. already declared early for the NFL draft. They are playing Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl. He flips over to defensive tackle and yeah. gets three tackles in that game. It was wow. a huge run stopper for them. He comes from a Corner Canyon High School in Draper, Utah. There's only two high schools in Utah that put out talent. That's one of them. That's where the Wilson brothers went, Zach Wilson and his brother Isaac. Uh, they put out a ton of talent, um, and, and they've, they've been known for putting out offensive line talent. So this this guy's guy mean. He can do a lot of things. Yeah. He's a mauler. Really what you mean. want. I mean, I'm him and Barton, mean guys. Him and Bar- Barton from Duke. Those are mean guys. Yeah. No, those Barton are... is for sure. Yeah. The yeah. only about with Powers Johnson is he puts power. He puts so much power oh, yeah. up front. Sometimes he leaves his feet. He's going to get thrown down a couple oh, of times yeah, in yeah. training camp. He's going to be like, okay, I can do that here. Yeah. So, uh, But I, I think that'll be I think that'll be a little bit of a level. Got to get a base. Yeah, yeah. himself over yeah. here. I thought, well, first of all, when you're talking about Jordan Morgan, I was dying laughing when I went and looked at his picture because I said, Terrence Steele? Oh, is that you? What are y'all? Okay, but their college photos look especially similar. They're very similar. I I looked up the fact that uh, we're talking about multiple sport athletes. Mm-hmm. He used to do shot put. Yeah. And um, when you look at how he plays and stuff, I actually just went to look at what shot put requires from a person, and it requires you to have proper technique, strength, power, speed, and rhythm. Yeah. You see that a lot in his play. And when you bring up the fact that he does things like Tyron, um, I I actually think that if he was earlier in his anchor, he would be even filthier. Sometimes he he is kind of, I don't know, I think he trusts his recovery a little too much sometimes. He carries his hands so low that, like, if if you got him right there, you're kind of ready for that. But he'll kind of wait, and and then it's like he, he baits you in, and then it's, Bam! Yeah, on you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, once he gets his hands on you, it's yeah. it's pretty dead in the water. And Will McClay has really been adamant about two sport athletes in the past. Mm-hmm. He really likes the fact yeah. that he has two sport athletes in these, especially on the defensive and offensive lines. All right, we ran over. We're coming Sorry. back with Twitter on the twenty right after this. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap at the Prescott who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. I'm Darren Woodson, former Dallas Cowboy player and super. When I played in the NFL at a high level, I relied on my vision to see the field. As I started getting older, I noticed my vision wasn't as good, and I was getting frustrated from wearing my glasses all day. 
I went to Laser Care Eye Center and Dr. G talked about all the options. Thanks to technology and Laser Care Eye Center, I can see near, far, and between. Don't fumble your vision any longer. Visit them at dfweyes.com and tell them Darren sent you. They got me back on my game. In a stressful world, Lincoln provides balance and calm amidst the chaos by creating sanctuaries that move you through the world with ease. Our vehicles make your time richer and more uplifting with human-centric design, intelligent technology, and powerful performance. As the official luxury vehicle of the Dallas Cowboys, driving a Lincoln is just another way to show your team pride. Experience our full lineup of luxury vehicles, including the Corsair, Aviator, Navigator, and Nautilus at Lincoln.com. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of us magically transforming our smoothie bowls into two new decadent flavors. Dig into a cool acai or pitaya bowl handcrafted with crunchy, purely Elizabeth granola, fresh strawberries, and finished with a velvety chocolate hazelnut drizzle. Perfect for breakfast, lunch, or anytime you want to munch. And that's the sound of you making them disappear. Smoothie Bowls, now in two new decadent flavors. Only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here on the Draft Show, presented by Miller Lite. It's time now, and we don't have the sounder, unfortunately, today. We'll have it back next week, I promise. So, Zach Wolchuk's going to do us the favors. It. It's time for some... Twitter on the 20, 20, 20, 20. 20, that 20, good. 20. That's good. I like it. I did the echo for you. That's <laughs> you. You. teamwork right there. All right. Let's go! we got to blow through this real quick. All right. There are some good questions. The first one, this year, the position... Groups across the board feel feel wide open. Says, uh, is this Rico Suave? Oh no no no! It's Reina tweets this in. Says position groups and position opens are wide open. Do you feel like it's more wide open than years past in terms of where these positions rank across the board in the NFL draft class? Um, I, I don't know as far as comparing it to years past, but I, I will say there is quite a – I think the jury is still out on what even like the top five position groups would be. I think we're going to get a lot of certainty out of out of these bowl games here in the next couple of weeks, though. You think it always plays a factor, these all-star games, as much as oh, they absolutely. will? absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think when it's, you, you see the good-on-good competition and you also see you have hands-on – and then you'll see you'll see the competitive guys out there. You go to the Senior Bowl, the practices. One of the greatest Senior Bowl practices I ever was. You know, Zach Martin, you know Aaron Donald going at it. I mean, you you stood there and watched those one on ones, and you could have drafted both those players off just that one off one on one drill right there. So those bowl games mean a lot to a lot of these scouts. Yeah, I do think that this is a special offensive tackle class compared to years past. Uh, it, it is really deep. And I yeah. think the, the top two guys for sure, Fashanu from Penn State and Alt in Notre Dame, I mean, I think teams are going to alternate. Like, which one do they see alternate. as the better one? I, th- I think, yeah, Alt for Joe Alt. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think Joe Alt might have the more upside and potential. I don't think he's quite a finished product. I think Olu Fashanu might be. Like, I think you know what you're getting out of him, but he's a dude that didn't allow a single sack in the last two years there at Penn State. Uh, 
I also think the wide receiver class is better than it was a year ago. And and we've kind of been talking about it, like are we in the golden age of wide receivers right now in the draft? But this year's kind of more what I think most scouts, as we talked about, are accustomed is to. Is it better or different? I think it's, be- it's, I think it's better, personally. Okay. I think it's deeper. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is different for sure, because yeah. we were talking like the Tank Dells, the Zay Flowers. I mean, Brian, during the whole process, we're like, yeah. we got to train our eyes. Like, we got to be more open-minded yeah. to having some of these smaller guys. It doesn't mean they're not going to be productive. Those two guys certainly showed that in their rookie year. But this year, I think you've got more of your natural, taller, longer, builded mm-hmm. wide receivers. But those are the two groups that I think have really impressed me that are deep. Like, I mean, you've got five to ten in that offensive tackle wide receiver range that you're like, man, I feel really great about these guys that I'm watching right now. Yeah, yeah. last year in the receiver class, you had the deer, and this year you have the gazelles. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a good one. No, the deer like, and the gazelles. Yeah, I mean, even so, when you look at the – I can't – it's – you know, obviously, this is my second year, so it's just like looking at the difference and even what is available at running back. It's yeah. like, yeah. dog, like this is not what last year was at all. And even at linebacker, it's like, uh, I mean, uh, this guy's, it's like maybe five, ten guys that I'm like, okay, these guys can really go out there and they can be ready. But it's just, it's it's changing. It's interesting to see how much has changed this next season. EJ Savage says, what position? Real quick, by the way, quarterback. Yeah. Oh, I think. Oh, yes. I think. I think. I think. Quarterback class. Oh, yeah. I, I think it this, is. I think this is a good quarterback class. I really. Uh, I think it's a little that. top heavy, though. I, I think you have the guys at the top that are really solid and really good, but once you look I, at the middle rounds, I'm a little. I, I've been in drafts before where there was one quarterback. <laughs> yeah, if that's fair. Me, if you give that's me five fair. quarterbacks to look at, I'm, <laughs> yeah, that's I'm fair. all about That's this. the thing is if you can get six or seven drafted yeah. quarterbacks yeah. Yep. that have a chance to play, yeah. mm-hmm. that's a good class. Yeah. And I think this class has six or seven like that. Uh, EJ Savage says, what position separate of need pushes the needle the most for the Dallas Cowboys? Which one would move the needle the most back and forth? I guess you could say quarterback, but that wouldn't necessarily happen immediately. That would happen down the road. So he said aside from positions it of need? It says separate of need, okay. but just in general. What position group would, would move the needle for you? I don't think they're doing anything at quarterback because of Lance. You know, they made their deal on yeah. Lance. They spent a fourth-round pick they, for yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's Lance. That's that, You're not going to draft a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, moving the needle, though, uh, without the need because we did. I would say receiver. I would say receiver. Yeah, Getting yeah. a big-bodied receiver. Just I mean, because of how good the I mean, class technically is. it is a need, but I, I don't think that's one of the top four positions we're looking at sure. whenever we look at needs in this draft. But they go and get – What about an edge? Yeah, like a really edge, but like yeah. also really physical. Yeah. 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 Corner maybe? I mean, yeah, you some bring corners. some depth yeah. at corner, yeah. Stephon Gilmore specifically. Yeah. If he's not healthy going into it, do you want to keep him around? Jordan yeah. Lewis is coming up agent. too. So. The one yeah. thing we've proven here is it's that a, a guy coming mm-hmm. off injury needs to about week nine before yeah. he starts Trayvon. playing at a, yeah, mm-hmm. at a level. I, yeah. I'm going to say tight end. Uh, Another one? You always like the tight end. I'm so. saying tight end. Obviously, I think you need someone to consistently pair with Ferg that's mm. going to help you in the passing game. I don't know if Schoon mm. is going to develop to that. Maybe he can. Like, that's whatever. But with John Stevens, we don't know what he's going to be like coming back from ACL. Yeah. Also, too, what happens with Peyton Hendershot. Mm. I, I do think that maybe outside of that, you could look at tight end and see if you can get something there um, that's a receiving threat but also can help you out in the run game There's as well. some freak shows. I mean, Jatavian Sanders, obviously, we know well, went to Denton Ryan here locally. Kate mm-hmm. Stover, I ended up watching last year. He went back. That's another big-bodied receiver yeah. that can block in line that also is good at catching the football. But safety for me, every safety that I've watched so far, pretty solid. 
Like yeah. Kinchins from Miami. Tyler Newbin is a guy that thought about coming out last year that I saw early. Watched him again the other night out of Minnesota. Really good player. Like him a lot. Safety. Yeah, it's safety. And then I, I talked about Javon Bullard from Georgia, who's my guy. You know, so I think, and in, in, hey, Kirsch is a free agent. Yeah. Uh, you know, Malik Hooker. It, it, do you want to move Bell back to safety if you don't need him as a linebacker? But it, it, it'd be interesting. I, I think there's some talent at the safety class this year in the draft. Well, and does the safety prototype change for this yeah. team if Dan Quinn's not your defensive coordinator? Very well could. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, just with how many DBs that they like to run, the hybrid roles that they try to have. Because if you have a if you have Dan Quinn in the building, then you're looking at you know a day two, day three guy like Jalen Simpson out of Auburn who yeah. has that hybrid mm-hmm. ability. Mm-hmm. And if not, then maybe you're looking for that true safety type ability, a guy like a Tyler Newbin. I mean, he, he would have to be a second round type guy. I would assume. You guys but love Newbin, right? Newbin's yeah. great. Newbin, I think he's I think he's the best run defender DB in this class. Yeah, Ooh. I think best yeah. combo, and he can also like cover. That. Yeah, he's he's Man, really really strong and. Fire right off the <laughs> yeah. boom. You no, like I haven't seen him yet. No, that's oh. what I'm saying. Newman's Wolchuk, good. like he texts me at all weird hours of the night, like, "Hey, I'm watching this Minnesota kid, man. I think he's great." And that's all he says. You know, it's yeah. just like it's like just like his random yeah. thoughts. I love quick. that. That's what that's what draft season's yeah. all about. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Hey, all right. Did you watch the USC kid Bullock? <laughs> Not a big fan. You know? <laughs> and that was at 1:47 a.m. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Eastern time. All right. When we come back. I'm going to keep Twitter on the Twitty Twitter going Twitter on the Twenty going. There you go. Thank you. Got it. And I'm going to merge a bunch of questions. Would okay. you trade back hmm. if you're the Dallas Cowboys from 24? More draft show right after this. Hi, Drew Pearson, former Dallas and now Pro Football Hall of Famer here. If you're struggling with your vision and tired of those contacts and glasses, don't throw a hell Mary. Go where I went. Laser Care Eye Center, the official LASIK partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Drew, thank you so much for trusting us with your vision correction procedure. At Laser Care Eye Center, we offer six different vision correction procedures to help patients see. Check them out at dfwis.com. Tell them Drew sent you. Hood, hood. In a stressful world, Lincoln provides balance and calm amidst the chaos. Functuaries that move you through the world. Our vehicles make your time richer and more uplifting with human-centric design, intelligent technology, and powerful performance. As the official luxury vehicle of the Dallas Cowboys, driving a Lincoln is just another way to show your team pride. Experience our full lineup of luxury vehicles, including the Corsair, Aviator, Navigator, and Nautilus at Lincoln.com. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. Hi, I'm Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of us magically transforming our smoothie bowls into two new decadent flavors. Dig into a cool acai or pitaya bowl handcrafted with crunchy, purely Elizabeth granola, fresh start finished with a velvety chocolate hazelnut drizzle. Perfect for breakfast, lunch, or anytime you want to munch. And that's the sound of you making them disappear. Smoothie Bowls, now in two new decadent flavors. Only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here on the Draft Show presented by Miller Lite. We have to be off the air because Mike McCarthy is coming up here in about five.